This episode is sponsored by Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about Anchor, um, it's the easiest way to make a podcast, and Ashley and I can definitely personally vouch for this. First of all, it saves you a bunch of time, so we don't really talk about this, but Ashley and I both have full-time jobs, and we don't really live close by each other, so we just get together once a week, every week, and talk about our podcast, and Anchor.fm helps us a lot to get everything out there and ready to go for you all to listen to with not a lot of time needed. So first of all, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. There are also creation tools right in Anchor that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or from your computer. Also, Anchor is free. And even though you don't have to pay any money, it actually allows you to make money from your own podcast, even without a minimum number of listeners. It's everything you could possibly need to make a podcast for free in one place. So if you can't already tell, we both love Anchor. And if you're interested in starting a podcast of your own, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, listeners, and welcome to Above the Wing, a podcast to bring together all aspects of the aviation community, including engineers, journalists, mechanics, pilots, and even casual hobbyists. I'm your co-host, Kim. And I'm your co-host, Ashley. We'll talk about all things aviation, from current events to new products and airplanes to industry trends and everything in between. Looking at our first in the news article this week, at a meeting in Montreal, the International Civil Aviation Organization has pledged to support an aspirational net zero aviation goal by 2050. The plan is seen as a compromise by many and was accepted by the 193 countries who are members of the ICAO. When the world came together in Paris in 2015 to agree on a long-term plan to tackle climate change, two industries were actually missing, aviation and shipping. The airline industry contributes about 2.5% of global carbon emissions, but scientists believe it has a much higher impact on climate change than this figure suggests. Moving on to our second headline, Firefly's successful rocket launch over the weekend helps fill a big gap in the market, says their CEO. On October 1st, 2022, Firefly launched their rocket into space, and it was a private venture called Firefly Aerospace. This is the fifth U.S. rocket to reach orbit in the past 15 years, and Firefly Aerospace's Alpha rocket falls in the, quote, medium lift category rockets between small and heavy rockets. The specific rocket was 95 feet tall, designed to launch as much as 1,300 kilograms of payload into orbit, and cost about $15 million per launch. The CEO, Bill Weber, said, We don't want to just do this once. We want to do this once a month and then ultimately once a week. There is more demand in the market than rockets we're going to build, and that's a great place to be from a growth perspective. Looking at our next headline, Lufthansa has banned Apple's AirTags in checked baggage. The airline told a German publication that Apple's GPS tracker is classified as a portable electronic device, which means they're considered dangerous goods when transported on airlines. This means they fall into the same category as smartphones, tablets, and other electronic devices, so owners have to shut them down before putting them in checked luggage. This involves removing the battery completely, even though the AirTag isn't using a rechargeable unit, as it's the case of smartphones. Moving on to our last headline. The first fully electric passenger plane takes flight. Alice, built by Aviation Aircraft, took off from Washington State's Grant County International Airport. 
and traveled at 3,500 feet for eight minutes. Alice can last up to two hours per charge and can hit a top cruise speed of 287 miles per hour. The aviation spokeswoman said, quote, it will use the proof of concept as we move ahead with development and plan to enter into our flight test program in 2025 with prototypes of the production aircraft. Moving on to the bulk of our episode this week, we figured it would be cool to sort of look into oxygen um, options in airplane cabins. And we're going to compare how they differ between, um, you know, your standard big airliner or larger, you know, business or private jets compared to uh, smaller airplanes in the GA world. Kim, do you want to talk us through what it looks like in the airline world? Yes. So a key difference between the big airlines and general aviation, for example, is that the big aircraft are flying at much higher altitudes, so they need cabin pressurization. Um, But at the GA level, it's kind of an up-and-coming thing because um, GA aircraft aren't flying as high. Um, So commercial airline cabin pressurization has been in existence for a while now because it was kind of like a necessity. Um, and because of that, you know, the, the mechanics of how it works is definitely different. So to understand where the air comes from and all that stuff, we'll have to boil it down to the basic stages of an airplane turbine engine. There's intake, compression, combustion, and exhaust. Some air is bled off the engine to pressurize the cabin. And then the air undergoes a bunch of cooling stages, it's humidified, and then it's combined with air that's already in the cabin. And then it gets sent, you know, to the cabin for the passengers and the crew to breathe. Airplanes contain a valve to control how much air flows into the cabin. So it's not just like a tube, like a random tube where just (laughs) air just goes wherever it wants to go and then somehow gets to the cabin. (laughs) And usually the airplanes, you know, they'll control how open or closed the valves are. So when the valve is open, the valve is releasing excess air to lower the pressure in the cabin. And when the valve is more closed, it keeps existing air in the aircraft to maintain the cabin pressure. So this is necessary because as you fly higher and higher, um, the air pressure gets lower and lower, which means it's less dense and there's less oxygen. And that can lead to hypoxia, which is uh, pretty bad. If it's if people experience hypoxia for long periods of time, it can impair your brain function and other organs in your body. So it's really necessary to avoid this. And that's why, you know, cabin pressurization has been around for commercial airlines for a while. So when Ashley brought this up, I was like, oh, I didn't know this was like <laughs> like a topic of conversation in the GA world. <laughs> because in my head, I was like, obviously, every airplane has cabin pressurization. But that's really not the case. Like, that was kind of ignorant of me, to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, Kim. It is sort of an up-and-coming thing as, um, you know, civil airplanes and and airplanes in the GA world uh, evolve and are able to, um, you know, as an aircraft reach new reach new heights, as they say, and get higher, um, the pilots and passengers need to be able to need to be fit to get up to that flight level as well. Um, so that sort of entered the case for portable oxygen. Um, it sort of was always a thing. Um, you know, actually in other worlds like, uh, you know, the diving world and, and places like that, a lot of, um, you know, the technology actually came from there and is very similar. 
Um, but now we're really starting to see an increase of it in GA. Um, the FAA has some guidelines around it, so um, around supplemental oxygen. So, for example, you cannot operate a civil aircraft at cabin pressure altitudes above 12,500 feet and up to 14,000 feet unless the minimum flight crew is provided with and is using their supplemental oxygen. At cabin pressure altitudes above 15,000 feet, uh, each occupant of the aircraft must at least be provided with oxygen. And there are also guidelines in place for pressurized cabins where when you get up to the really high levels of um, 25,000 feet at least, uh, everyone needs to have a 10-minute supply of oxygen available. Um, and the pilot has to use it above uh, 35,000 feet. A couple different ways you can get your oxygen. Uh, there are masks where it covers both your nose and your mouth, and it lets you breathe sort of a little easier. Um, but it can get in the way if you need to use your radios. Um, a lot of times you'll need to lift your headset or your mask to, um, to get the speaker on your, on your headset, um, you know, hearable. <laughs> Uh, and the alternative is the cannula. Those are those thin tubes with the two little spikes that go into your nose and allow you to breathe. It does provide you with less oxygen than a mask system, um, but it might mean that you don't have to refill your tank as often. Those cannulas are a lot more popular for GA pilots, though they're only approved up to flight level 180, um, so you can't go as, as high with them. There are different types of oxygen, too. Uh, there's medical grade, and that requires a prescription. Um, though aviation oxygen doesn't have any moisture content, so you never have to worry about the oxygen lines uh, freezing when you're at higher altitudes, um, which is something that I sort of didn't think about until doing some research about this. Now, if you get really high and you're sort of curious about how you're feeling, um, there are pulse oximeters where you can actually measure your blood oxygen levels. So um, I like to relate it to like those little chip clips that you put on um, bags of chips. It clips right onto your finger. It's totally non-invasive um, and it is able to measure how much, how much oxygen is in your blood. We're also seeing some of the big uh, watch companies like Apple Watch, those smart watches, are actually coming out with blood oxygen level sensors built into their watches. So that's another way you can measure if you're a if you're a smartwatch wearer. One of the latest technologies that is sort of coming out at the forefront of this industry is actually getting it integrated, getting supplemental oxygen integrated into your panel of your avionics. So um, a lot of the manufacturers who are starting to make these Supplemental oxygen systems are coming out with one and six place systems that go right into your instrument panel and allow you to, ox to monitor your oxygen levels. Some of the really fancy ones also give you the ability to you know, switch on and off your oxygen um, and some cool stuff like that. So it's definitely, you know, I wouldn't say that it's in the height of its, of its popularity yet. I think we're still getting there, but it's sort of cool to start to follow, you know, this industry at its its beginning phases um, and the increase in, in pilots that are starting to need them as, uh, you know, our, our airplanes get more advanced. Yeah, for sure. And listening to you talk about 
you know, why we need it and all the different methods to deliver the oxygen and how to check for your blood oxygen. I feel like it's interesting because it feels like an intersection of some unlikely fields, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I never thought, I mean, it makes sense in a way because we have to make sure our pilots are healthy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like an intersection of like health devices where, you know, the oxygen display panel, the smartwatches and the oximeters and all that stuff um, is intersection with aviation. Like I never expected that. Um, And it's, I don't know, that's something that I like about the industry because there's always like little parts of it that you right. I feel like are unexpected right yeah um, yeah but they're really important because you know the crew needs to breathe <laughs> yeah and their passengers need to be just as comfortable right yeah exactly exactly and it's interesting too how people are integrating like I'm sure that there's some like cutting edge hospitals technology companies sure. that yeah like make these panels for I don't know, hospitals and stuff like that. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. ERs and stuff like that. So I wonder if any of those companies will be dipping their toe into the Mm. aviation industry and kind of like reading across their um, products and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like a lot of the technologies could probably be reused, right? Or sort of uh, built on. Yeah, definitely. Or similarly, they could make new technologies, like for a lot of the space programs, mm-hmm. like Wi-Fi was invented for space. That, that yeah. Those were the origins of that. So I wonder if oh, cool. like something innovative could come out of um, right. improving oxygen delivery for GA pilots, and yeah. that could be used you know, in the ver- reverse direction in the healthcare industry. Yeah, yeah. I was also um, thinking too when you were – when you were starting to talk about, um, you know, oxygen and pressurized cabins and airlines, um, I wonder like what it was like, like at the very beginning, like before, you know, before cabins were pressurized and then like when they did become pressurized and you could start to go even higher, like how reluctant like were people to, you know, like be part of that. (laughs) Um, I, I just wonder what that was like. Yeah, I mean, I remember in our last episode, we were talking about the first flights, like commercial <laughs> flights, and we were talking about how um, planes would just like drop out of the air randomly. Right. I know. Like yeah. there was, <laughs> it just wasn't very reliable, but people still yeah. went on it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you had you had to have some brave people who were, <laughs> who were, uh, you know, willing to at least start going on these flights and, and show people that you'll be okay (laughs) yeah although like that you know triggers an interesting point in my brain because Mm. if ga aircraft are going higher and higher right um do you think they're ever gonna approach on the cruise altitudes of like commercial aircraft i mean yeah probably i mean there's this there's this weird emergence, I shouldn't say weird, there's this newer emergence of like very small jets in the GA world. So, I'm, so like, I think the likes of like the Cirrus jet. And yeah. Um, I mean, that goes up to flight level 300. Um, that's that cabin, true. that cabin's pressurized. Um, but that's like, I mean, it's, it's pretty close to, um, you know, those, those smaller aircraft. So, um, we're definitely getting closer. Yeah. So, okay. So right now as it stands, 
is the portable oxygen system industry, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. What's the target customer for that? Like Cessna owners or like Cirrus owners? Oh, Cessna owners. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. So I just did a did a quick Google search. Um, I just looked at a – I just picked the Cessna 172. Yeah. And I looked at the – It comes in a pressurized version, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and it says a standard cruise is at 9,500 feet for long-haul flights. Yeah. Commercial aircraft fly at up to 44,000 feet. So that's a long ways to go still, I feel like. Yes. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I don't know. In my head, I, like it made me a little nervous because I feel like <laughs> nervous. It's, like, it's like motorcycle versus semi-truck in my yeah, head. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. If they ever get into the same airspace, I would be extremely alarmed for the safety of the Cessna pilots. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's stories of, you know, just when was that last year, maybe the end of of. 2021 when that cirrus had that midair with the airliner like oh yeah and the airliner didn't even know like yeah. the pilot had he had no idea until like a couple minutes later when atc was like uh do you need to land yeah. he was like why he was like like cirrus just hit you so like you know yeah yeah that's crazy to think about yeah that is yeah i wonder what ga is gonna look like in 10 years yeah, I know. I mean, it's not. Well, I shouldn't say that. I, it's different than how it was 10 years ago. I can't think of anything like super radical that has come out in the last 10 years, though. Right. I feel like a lot of the radical changes are in the aircraft industry. The current. Yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Hmm. I wonder why, though. Like there hasn't been as much innovation in the in the GA industry, yeah. And I feel like like commercial aircraft, they're like really pushing for sustainability and all that stuff. But right. I don't really hear about that. Like the GA industry doesn't f- seem to follow no. a lot of the same trends. There's a handful of electric GA aircraft, but none of them have proved to be very successful. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, and air on the market at least. Yeah, exactly. And there's air taxis and stuff like that, but those aren't really the same as GAs. Right. I feel like. Hmm. Food for thought, yeah. I wonder. I know. All these emerging markets, but like, where are they going? <laughs> I know, right? Like, I wonder if this portable oxygen thing will stick. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's got to, but like I don't know how much more it can advance, you know? Right. It would be cool though. Um, but thinking about commercial craft again, like they, I don't think they really changed the technology of how they pressurize their cabins. Yeah. What is there to like? What is there to better? Yeah. Like it works really well. So yeah. I wonder if maybe they'll just start pressurizing. Uh, I I don't think they'll be able to do it the same way in GA mm. as commercial aircraft because the engines are different. 
the experience is totally different. I don't, I like talking about oh, it, it feels so different. Yeah, yeah, especially in a commercial aircraft. Like guys are kind of like packed in sardines in there. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Because I can't say it's the most comfortable thing, but like when <laughs> I was in a Cessna, it was just like chilling. You know, you had yeah. Space, oh yeah, much comfier. Like a lot of windows. Right. Yeah, you can actually enjoyable. see stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, I agree. Hundred percent. Yeah, but it's interesting to see how the technology intersects. Yeah, it is. Yep. No drink service on a Cessna, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's sort of stinks. That wraps it up for us this week. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.